Why wait until Friday to start your weekend? Go ahead, start right now. You're thirsty now, and 93.7 The Ticket is here to help you stock up. Just in time for the weekend when I like to hit the clubs. Time to broaden your horizons and try some new wine and beer. It's Thirsty Thursday with Kevin Meyer from Meyer's Cork and Bottle. There it is. I kind of like the screw off. That was actually kind of nice. Kind of like cracking your knuckles, man. <laughs> there we that's go. There sound go. Yeah, that's the sound we look. That's the sound I've been waiting for in <laughs> studio. What's the sound Nick makes? We don't have Nick in studio. I don't know. Uh, Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. We can all come in with our own noises. Uh, oh, I, I got mine. Oh, you got one? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we need that one every. Oh time. yeah, like you gotta, that. you gotta get get that one on the on the track. Yeah, we gotta we gotta record that we one. That was pretty that good. Uh, it's it's uh, time for Thirsty Thursdays. We do it every Thursday at this time. Kevin Myers of Myers Cork and Bottle stopping in with the goods. Kevin, how's it been going? It's going just fine. We're having a a good time down at the old Cork and Bottle. Thursdays are delivery days too, so been kind of playing stock boy all day and putting all the new stuff out on the shelves and. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's always a nice, nice payoff to be able to come in and do Thirsty Thursday and then get stricken studio. So now, yeah. you know, we uh, we're going to do it upright instead of remotely. Well, see, my problem has always been you guys get all of the sweet tasting ale and lagers and beers that come in here and Stricky's always stuck with the wine. I need the beer. Yeah, with whatever you got at home. <laughs> well, we're uh, so our theme has been we're trying to will spring into existence and we're trying to will the wind away. And so I, I, brought, I brought the good weather. Yes. I yes, think you did. Spring's here. The, the flowers are blooming. It, Don't uh, say that, today's Bob. today's Don't glorious. Uh, yes. You know, if oh, it can beautiful. stay, if it can stay 80 without, you know, 20 the mile wind. an hour, no wind, wind either. Yeah. yeah that's the thing. biggest thing is I'm just so over the wind. So we're trying to will, <laughs> this, <laughs> will this into existence. Strick brought it up from Florida. And uh, so we're, you know, we're talking uh, some, some Florida weather here this spring now so. yeah it's so is really this good. is this the kind of beer that's good for this type of weather i think or so at the, at the baseball park or being out at the park sitting there listening for the the music you know the little jazz sessions and yeah all that? yeah well and, and you know this so this is an ipa which can be really bitter um and what ipa is it stands for india pale ale essentially the history behind it was is that the merchant ships would sail from great britain to India, and they would trade for tapestries and spices and stuff like that, and the local beer would spoil. And there was one brewery that was on the major thoroughfare that would add additional hops at the end of the boil to up the alcohol content, just giving it enough um, alcohol to kill off any bacteria, and so the, the beer would make the trip. And so that's how the style became IPA. Uh, it was not because it was made in India. It was because it was for the sailors uh, traveling to India on their on their merchant ships. And um, depending on the types of hops that you use, depending on uh, the style, it can be it can taste like a pine tree, or it can taste like a tangerine, uh, and everywhere in between. And this is on the tangerine side. Mm-hmm. In fact. It's made with orange zest, tangerine, and blood orange, and then uh, and is also uh, an IPA. So it's it's not bitter; it's more juicy, and it you know to me kind of tastes like sunshine in a glass. So that's why yeah. I brought it in, and I and I thought it would actually set up the wine pretty nicely too. Kevin, I've always wanted to know this, and I've never gotten a specific actual answer. So I'm hoping that you know the answer to it. Difference between an IPA and a pale ale? Because isn't an IPA a type of pale ale? Yeah, uh, and. 
there's really no rule that okay. says, but generally, just a straight pale ale is going to be a little bit lower in alcohol okay. and and a little less hoppy. So it's just sort of a lighter version of the IPA. Um, now there's really no rule that says you can't call your pale ale an IPA and vice versa. Right. Uh, but that's sort of the general style. Uh, if someone say I'm a brewery and I'm making both a pale ale and an IPA, my IPA is probably going to run north of 6% alcohol. My pale ale is probably going to run south of six. Um, but again, you can call it what you want to, but essentially it's the same thing. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's the process of dry hopping at the end of the boil. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and some, you know, you'll see double dry hopped, so they'll, they'll do it twice. And, and again, that will create more fermentable sugars and, uh, and create a higher alcohol by volume. Now yeah. I'm lost. Yeah. So dry. So my mind is, is, is kind of shifting into a different realm. When you say dry hops, just, just quick, Quick synopsis on that process. Is it just the is it the barrel that it's put in? Is it the so when what's the, the deal? The beer is uh, boiling in the tank. Yeah, and so you start with what's called the wort, which is the um, it's essentially your your grains that are boiled down into creating like a thick molasses type syrup. You add water. You add yeast. Uh, well, uh, first you you boil it, and then then you add the yeast, and it starts to ferment. Then they'll add some pelletized hops they almost look like rabbit pellets Mm. um and so a fresh hop is like a cone it looks like a little um a cone about the size of a quarter and uh but what they'll do they'll dry those out they'll compress them into pellets and then they add that Mm. at the end of the process and it ups the alcohol content. See, I thought it was rabbits or something jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or Eastrick after he's retired with no hops. So I thought, <laughs> I thought that was what it was. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I feel you there too, man. The, the, body, the mind says I can do it, and the body says no, that you can't. Part. <laughs> Listen, the mind learns eventually. Boy, <laughs> my mind's telling me no. I'm running about a 6-5-40 these days. <laughs> you gotta, you know, by the way, do you have a, a team here for the NFL draft? you get excited for NFL draft? Hey, that's should be a good drinking day i would think well here's the thing is that i always used to essentially root for the most local nfl team Mm -hmm. so if the vikes were playing i'd root for the vikings if the bears were playing root for them if the chiefs were playing it green bay etc etc well at the time midwest flavor that exactly exactly and but at the time they're all in the same division so when you know when they play Mm. each other I'd, i'd be like well i'm gonna have to choose somebody so at the time um, Brett Favre was the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Who didn't love watching Brett Favre play? Right. And then he had Amon Green. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. I right. guess I'm going to choose the Packers. And so I made a decision: the Packers are going to be my team, and I've stuck with them. But I'm not a, a huge hardcore NFL guy. I'm more of a college football guy. Yeah. So you don't go to the Mississippi River with yours. So you, it's no Cincinnati. It's no Indianapolis. It's no. It's that there's that, a that core kind of. <laughs> yeah, there's a cutoff. The right, right. Yeah, the Midwest flow. Whatever. No you know. Denver. No Denver going west. Oh yeah, yeah. But Denver, again, yeah. they were all in the same division. So yeah. you know, it was all the Midwest teams, and and uh, just because we didn't have one, and I was a kid, and, and I was like, well, I got to pick one, and yeah. Yeah. hate the Cowboys. I well, and you know, as a kid, kid like a young kid, I uh, I liked the Cowboys. Only because my brother liked the Steelers. Rivalry. Screw you, buddy. I'm <laughs> rude, you know. But unfortunately the, the Steelers got the better end of the Cowboys, you know, back in the in the late seventies yeah. when that was a thing. So uh, so what do you guys think of the beer? 
Excellent. Delicious. Yeah. Excellent. Love it. it yeah. Absolutely. So it's got that nice. I would nice say c- pour me another one. <laughs> in, 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 the, in the words of DJ Khaled, another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, it's delicious. I I'm personally love orange. Uh, I try to have an orange every day. Instead of an apple a day from the doctor, I get an orange every day. So uh, maybe I'll just drink <laughs> one of these every day. Just as healthy, right? Hey, bre- <laughs> breakfast of champions, baby. Yeah, there we go. And a very cool, I like the, if, if we could show that on the camera. There, yeah. I like the uh, design on the glass, too. lets you know you're get different getting a citrus fruit. Yeah, uh, Four Noses Brewing, and it's called their Citrus Citrus. Uh, they are located in Broomfield, Colorado, and uh, uh, just uh, again trying to will spring into existence and get a, rid of the wind. And this is, you know, it's that, that orangey tangerine, not super bitter, not super over hopped, uh, not super high alcohol by volume. It's just pretty easy to drink and. Like I say, it tastes like sunshine in a glass. And uh, one of those you can kick a few back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's you not, can. Not as much as dessert. Like, you can drink a few of these. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not uh, it's not uh, heavy. It's easy to drink, mm-hmm. but it's 7%. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be having a good time if <laughs> we're drinking a few of these. You might, you I know, wake, wake, <laughs> wake up with some, what did I do? <laughs> types of thoughts. But. That's always Old fun. Old brass well nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but you said it sets up the wine well, so let's uh, let's get to the wine. Real quick, wait, how much can you get, uh, or how much is this uh, going to get you? Oh, these come, in, these come in four packs. Four packs, And okay. uh, I want to say they're about 14 bucks a four pack. Okay. So then yeah, it's well, not cheap, it. but yeah, yeah, great beer. Well, yeah, like you, like we said, though. I mean, if your goal is uh, have a good time, yeah. four, four of these, <laughs> four, four, four sit out on the right. balcony and uh, fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, four. Do you remember when when uh, COVID first hit and there was all these? If if you experience this, then you're you know immune to COVID. I saw someone that said, if you ever use the bathroom at the brass rail, <laughs> you're immune <laughs> to COVID. And, I mean, man, if you were ever there in the nineties. Uh, yeah, it was something. <laughs> yeah, it was something. All right, well, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Charles Krug Sauvignon Blanc from Napa Valley. Uh, Charles Krug is the oldest estate in the Napa Valley. Uh, it is uh, uh, most famous because of its founder, uh, Charles Krug, taught the Mandavi brothers how to make wine. Uh, so you heard ever heard of Robert Mandavi? Yeah. Mm-hmm. World's most famous winemaker. Well, he and his brother Peter... Uh, Learned the trade from Charles Krug. They bought his estate after Prohibition. And um, they were young, hot-headed Italian boys. Ended up in a fist fight in the front yard. And so Robert quit and went on to become the world's most famous winemaker. And his brothers, uh, Peter, stayed put at Charles Krug. Now his uh, sons, or excuse me, uh, granddaughters and grandsons own and operate it. And um, still all estate fruit, meaning that they're not sourcing grapes from anywhere. They're growing everything themselves. Wow. So it really has their fingerprint on it from start to finish. One of the most premier pr- pieces of property in Napa Valley. They make outstanding wine, and uh, and you just it, it's it's a wine or a winery that uh, definitely punches above its weight class. Mm. It gives you a lot of bang for your buck. These are around twenty bucks. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc in general, again sticking with that willing spring into existence theme. Crisp, clean, dry. You get a little bit of citrus flavor. You get a little bit of tangerine in this one, too. Another reason why I, I decided to pair it with the, the Four Noses Citrus Citrus. And um, this is just patio pounding. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, oh, yeah. I could so, soaking up the sunshine. You know, maybe grill some shrimp on the Barbie <laughs> type thing. So uh, The first thing that comes to mind for this one, Kevin, is Mother's Day's coming up. This sounds like something my mom would like. Yeah. I'm sitting out on the on the porch, drinking a little bit of wine. Oh, yeah. Look at you, Nathan. I'm thinking, thinking, I'm thinking, thinking ahead. I'm yeah. thinking of mom. Yeah. Of course I'm thinking about mom. 
Is mom still back in Virginia? She's still in Virginia. Yeah. So you gonna head have, back for Mother's Day? No, but I might have to ship one out. There. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. We'll get it, we'll get it figured out. I like right? the history behind it too. I always like the history lessons, and that one, you know, that's a that's a great story. So yeah, established in 1861. Oh wow. The oldest estate in Napa Valley, and then uh, the Mandavi brothers in the in the uh, 1920s, 1930s. You know, it was before prohibition. Uh, were you know under his tutelage and and working there, and then of course they had to shut down during Prohibition. Now a lot of these wineries continued to make wine under under the uh, they got it classified as being medicine. So you had to go to the, you could still buy wine, but you had to get it from a pharmacy mm-hmm. and get it, and get a prescription. Um, medicinal, medicinal, yes. <laughs> you know, interesting. We've got our own medicinal oh. things now. Uh, that, oh, you know, working okay, on. Okay, I understand yeah. the tie now. Okay. Yeah. So uh, after prohibition, uh, you know, Charles Krug was getting old, and uh, and you know, it was just a tough fight to have being in the booze business when it, booze was illegal, and so he sold it to the Mondavi brothers, and away they went. Mm. That's fascinating, though. I, did, I didn't know. The, so was did wine production drop significantly still? It did. I yeah. mean, obviously, you can only sell, sell so much medicine. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Mm. And, uh, and so a so lot they, of places. So they was tracking just, scripts back then, too? Like uh, how yeah. they doing now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, obviously, it was just written on paper, so you could probably forge that pretty easily. But, yeah. you know, the town was small. <laughs> you, you know, everyone knew who the town doc was. And, uh, and so, you know, it... it it was probably one of those things where you can just say, "Hey, Doc, I, I can't sleep or I've got headaches or whatever," and, and I wonder uh, pick me up some uh, some Charles Krug medicine. You wonder how much? I mean, maybe he was the Snoop Dogg of his day when he would go into a, a, a town, <laughs> be the wine master, the wine guy. You know, now and forever forward, he will be the Snoop Dogg of of the Napa Valley in the eighteen. <laughs> Very cool. That's awesome, Kevin. A couple things here on the text line. I know that you'll love most of the items uh, that were harmful at the rail in the nineties are still there. Not a cleaning product strong enough. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Uh, and then another one. Do you carry any muscadine wine? Uh, you know, we really don't see any muscadine wine or muscadine wine uh, north of Missouri. And what is that? It no is, that is so. It's a berry that grows wild in the south, and uh, and they grow, or I mean, it just grows wild, and they'll pick it, and and you know, you can make wine for virtually anything as long as it's got some sugar content to it. And so in the south, it's a very popular thing to make muscadine wine, and. Uh, um, unfortunately, we just don't really see much of that here in Nebraska just because the muscadine doesn't grow here. It doesn't survive mm. our winters. So, mm. Interesting. Southern yeah. Missouri is about the closest place you're going to find it. Southern Missouri, an interesting place. I want to go there someday. I haven't, I haven't been. I've, I've heard there's a difference between northern and southern Missouri. Well, if you break down, look for the nicest trailer park. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, that'll wrap it up for Thirsty Thursday here on The Block. Uh, Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle joining us here for our favorite segment of the week. Real quick, uh, run down what's uh, going on at the store and what uh, what we just had a taste of, how much you can get it for. So this is the uh, Charles Krug Sauvignon Blanc, the oldest estate in Napa Valley, established in 1861. These go for $22.99. Tastes like summertime in a glass and uh, would be a great gift for mom. And then we have the four noses out of Broomfield, Broomfield, Colorado, called the Citrus Citrus IPA. Excellent stuff. And uh, uh, as always, check out Myers Cork and Bottle uh, there on South Street. Uh, We'll take a quick break. It is going to be time for Shootout with Strick. Strick is in studio. He's warming up. He's getting ready. (laughs) He's ready. And he's been doing his NFL draft research. Today's topic is quarterbacks in the NFL draft. So do your own research real quick. Then give us a call. 402-464-5685. First one to do so will have their chance at $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. That's next on The Block. (laughs) 